0: And welcome to the Esports Biz Show. I'm your host, Justin Jacobson. This week, we'll be discussing the esports business. Just as a disclaimer, nothing here is intended as legal advice, as all of the information is for educational purposes only. This week's guest is Nick Cuomo, former pro gamer and viral gaming video maker turned CEO. Nick has over 15 years of experience in technology, marketing, software sales, and digital media. A lifelong gamer and creative, he's currently the co-founder and CEO of All Star and has been featured on CNBC. The company has raised over $4.2 million in funding and counts Mark Cubing as one of its early investors. All-Star's mission is to enable everyday gamers to become content creators through accessible, creativity, and reachable audience. Using All-Star's unique cloud-based technology, the platform creates sharing high-quality images fast, fun, and easy. Before co-founding All-Star, he worked at Movable Inc. and Blue Fountain Media, among others. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for, thanks for having me, Justin. My pleasure. So, tell us a little about your past you know, esports and gaming experience. What was the first game you played and kind of how did you get involved in the esports business and totally. kind of yeah. in general?
1: Yeah, I am uh, love love gaming, still uh, don't have as much time these days as I used to. But my, my very first game, I guess I'm dating myself as I played Pong on my older brother's Atari. Um, I guess that's not really an esports game. I started to get into Counter-Strike really in the early betas. Um, So before it was even like an official kind of retail um, title. And, you know, I loved that game. I was pretty good at it. I always had a lot of fun. I'd get together with friends and, you know, we would organize, you know, teams and matches. And um, yeah, one day we just there was a tournament in Manhattan. It was in, you know, Web 2 Zone. It was kind of like the cool uh, Internet cafe and they would always throw these tournaments. So we got a team together and figured out how to get to the city. I think we were, you know, maybe 15 or 16 when we went and uh you know we went and we got our butts kicked but uh it was really fun i loved it i was just all about it it was just a very exciting experience and so i kind of kept uh kept on it and you know the rest is history amazing so and kind of tell us about your pro gaming career you know what did you
0: play like tell us any memorable highlights
1: yeah, definitely. So um, my pro gaming career is limited to Counter-Strike. I played the original uh, 1.6 was really the, you know, kind of main game for me. And, um, you know, my kind of pro gaming career really started, um, you know, I would go to these tournaments and I would play a lot and I was pretty good. And, you know, I'd have my like triumphs and we'd, you know, win a few, but I was a relative unknown. No one really you know knew about me or, or cared about me. And then I took all my best moments and, uh, and moments from my team. And we made, uh you know, I made a, a highlight movie of, of basically, you know, they were called Frag Movies. It was a big thing in the Counter-Strike, uh, you know, community. And that was pretty much it. Overnight, I was, you know, I had fans and haters and, and kind of, you know, teams were recruiting me. Um, and that was kind of how I got my pro gaming career started. So it just took a lot of, you know, time and patience and practice and then a little bit of you know, kind of creativity and technical chops and some scrappy distribution. This was like pre YouTube, pre Twitch. So a lot of, uh, you know, spamming IRC channels and things like that. Um, definitely a couple of, you know, moments for me really stuck out of my career. So if you do play Counter Strike, I think the most exciting moments in the game are clutches. And, you know, in particular, it's like all eyes on you, you know, the, the kind of future of the game depends on how you individually, you know, can handle, um, the pressure of the situation. So I remember there was a tournament, it was a local tournament. Um, we were playing against the resident champions, and uh, there was a one-on-four situation, and, and I think it was essentially one of those, you know, if we lost that round, that was it. You know, we would have to save the next round, and then, you know, they pretty much were, like, two rounds away from winning. So, our chances of being able to um, actually come back and, and win that uh, match was pretty much, you know, next to nothing. So, it was a one-on-four, uh, you know, very difficult situation. You know, I think I had, like, low health, low armor. The map was Dust 2, if anyone uh, plays Counter-Strike. And um, yeah, long story short, came up Catwalk, got two guys that were like, you know, stacked on top of each other's heads, kind of caught them out of position, planted the bomb, went back towards Catwalk. And I caught the next two or the last two uh, enemies that kind of attacked me head on, basically one after another. And uh, yeah, took them down. Won the, won the round. Uh, we used that to essentially win the match and then eventually the tournament and I got an MVP for that. So that was definitely one of my most uh, memorable, memorable moments um, for sure.
0: Well, that's amazing. Yeah, I mean, it, so yeah, so back then when you were kind of competing in this, do you kind of think that the business would kind of evolve to what it's become and kind of where it's clearly going?
1: Um, so it's it's definitely easier to say yes now than it was back then. But I feel like I was always very bullish. You know, I, I remember arguing with kids like back in high school that, you know, eSports was a sport. I used to play baseball growing up. So I was very, you know, familiar with traditional sports. And to me, you know, eSports always just resonated. I liked the mental aspects. And, you know, I always felt like, um, you know, the games were just a lot more entertaining. And um, but the the same kind of mindset, you know, w- was there and it really felt very familiar to me to compete in an sport versus a traditional sport. So, yeah, I was always very bullish. I mean, it, you know, it was small back then. I used to go to, you know, the biggest venue we played out was like, a, you know, a mall and people were, you know, walking around shopping and being like, well, what the hell is this? Um, but, yeah, no, I mean, I'm you know, not not surprised to see the growth. I, I felt like it was more of a generational thing. And uh, it's really exciting to see how much momentum, you know, has, has kind of built up around it. Right, it's always interesting, kind of the people that were here at the beginning. Like we had Fatality on,
0: and he kind of said like he won an NBA Jam tournament, and he was like on the <laughs> the wall of Blockbuster, being on the whiteboard was like the pinnacle of everything. And it's like, okay, you know, like I guess that's like what it was. It's like everyone in the local town walking to Blockbuster on a Friday night, and there's your name in the bright lights.
1: You know, it's, it's funny you mentioned that, actually, because I completely forgot until you mentioned it, that I think technically the first video game tournament I played uh, was at a blockbuster. And I think the games were, I want to say, Donkey Kong and then like Judge Dread or something like that. And it was like a single player, like how many points and how quickly um, I didn't win. You know, I definitely, you know. To me, it was just like a cool thing. I just you know begged my mom to take me to Blockbuster to play in the tournament. But uh, yeah, that's funny. I actually, I played basketball against Fatality at uh, at a CPL, and I will say he is very good at basketball in addition to Quake. Yes, he's definitely an athletic fellow. So, how did you kind of get into the business
0: side of esports? You know, what kind of made you transition over?
1: Um, yeah, so I mean, I, my pro gaming career kind of winded down. Probably 2006. I think there was kind of a downturn in Counter-Strike at the time. And I was going to college and, you know, competing was like a full-time thing. So it was kind of one or the other. So I decided to kind of stick with school and kind of retired and, you know, hung up the mouse. Um, But I did for, you know, extra work through school. I kept in touch with a lot of the people. Um, who organized the tournaments, a lot of them actually, um, you know, kind of help and advise and invest in my company today. Um, But back then I would, you know, go and travel around the country and help kind of, you know, administrate and and kind of run some of these tournaments for games like CS and Gears of War and things like that. So I started to see a little bit of the business side. Um, But really, you know, for me, you know, after college, I I spent, uh, you know, kind of over a decade in the creative marketing and tech space in New York. And, um, you know, I think I I saw the growth of esports, but what was more compelling to me was, you know, I kind of just had an epiphany one day on, on a flight I could not sleep on, that there is a huge problem, uh, you know, for content creators in gaming that no one has really solved yet. And, you know, I still play games and I would encounter these problems myself. And, and that was kind of the impetus for All Star. Okay. So, yeah, so that, that kind of leads us to that. So tell us a little bit at All Star. Like, you know, what is it? Who's the intended user? How does it work? You know, give us the 411 yeah totally um, so you know for for me, I think all star really originated from my own personal story. I, I kinda learned one valuable lesson way back when I made my content, which was you know uh content, video content, and gaming is a really, really important and powerful form of social currency. It's something that is you know coveted and it builds credibility, and you know not everyone has it and it's hard to make. Uh, but the other epiphany came many years later. So like I said, you know, I, I used to travel a lot for work. I was on the road a third to a half of the time, um, you know, and that's just the life of sales. Um, and, you know, I enjoyed it, but uh, I would always sleep on planes. That was like my my secret weapon as a salesperson. I could not sleep on this flight. And, um, you know, I kind of just started thinking about, you know, my background and gaming and, you know, what problems there were to solve. And then it kind of hit me, um, you know, the other side of this was that, I was actually very lucky back then in that I was creative, I was technical, I always had a fast PC and a lot of free time. And not every gamer has that. And so for me, it was like fun to make content, but for most gamers, it's like hard work. So that's what got me thinking, you know, there's a technology problem here that, you know, needs to be solved. So what also really does, you know, we're democratizing gaming content by focusing on the everyday gamer and enabling them to create really great content. So the way it works is we essentially integrate into games themselves. And we've automated the way that great content gets made. So nothing really happens locally on the user's machine. We take the you know, bare minimum game data and we pass it off to our kind of proprietary cloud technology to create content for them. So um, we've you know, automated things that most gamers can't really do on their own or takes a lot of time or resources. Um, we handle that for them so that you know, they can focus on playing games and you know, we can help them look like a star.
2: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
0: So is it only for like, you know, aspiring gamers or could like, you know, pro streamers and people are like, oh, maybe I don't want to have a video editor or, you know, I want to be able to be a little bit quicker than some of the turnaround might be.
1: Yeah, totally. So we, we recently launched an official partner program. So we have, you know, top influencers like Jordan Nothing Gilbert, you know, Guardian, um, people participating in this program that are professional streamers, and they help us to, you know, promote and, and advertise the brand. But it also provides them a way to easily create um, really great snackable short form content. So like clips and highlights. Um really effortlessly while they're playing games. So, you know, they don't need to pay extra money to an editor. They don't need to spend their own time, which is precious. And these guys can charge a lot for that time. Um, you know, the content essentially just is created for them while they're playing the game. And uh, and then that makes for great engagement material for social audiences. And um, you know, especially in the kind of age of mobile first, um, short snackable highlights are are great for consumption and, and sharing on things like Instagram and, and TikTok. So what games, you know, does the software work for now? Yeah, so today um, we support Counter-Strike Global Offensive and Dota 2. We're working on bringing our technology to other games, including uh, Fortnite, League of Legends, Valorant, Rainbow Six, uh, and really any kind of competitive multiplayer uh, game on PC that has, you know, demo or replay functionality is, is really the main thing that we look for Um, And, you know, we're also working with um, publishers to, you know, integrate our technology into other games and, um, you know, different sorts of, uh, you know, for us, it's really about getting to the, you know, sort of part of the technology that we can affect. And so that, you know, we can bring a kind of content layer into the game and to the gamers. um, But, you know, we we stick with what we know. So we started with Counter-Strike and Dota 2, kind of low-hanging fruit and, and obviously, you know, a game that's kind of near and dear to my heart. So what does it actually like clip? Like, you know, give us an idea of some of
0: the stuff that the algorithm looks for.
1: Yeah, so if you're, you know, playing a a game of of Counter-Strike, a lot of the moments you want to share are going to be, you know, skill-based, right? So maybe you just had uh, something like my, you know, clutch one-on-four. The way that we integrate into the game is, you know, as long as our app is running, you can actually just type exclamation all-star into the game's chat. So it becomes kind of like a social moment. You know, there's a lot of... Smack talk and, and you know, kind of banter that happens in these games, especially after these. Uh, call them kind of, uh, you know, high touch moments or, you know, high impact sort of things. And um, so you type exclamation all star that tells our technology something great happened. We go backwards in time and uh, and then we will uh, basically create a clip of that gameplay. We'll start it before, you know, your first kill we will end it after the last kill. We tend to, you know, try to trim it to show you the action that, you know, we think is the most interesting or compelling to share. and uh, And then we do a whole lot of other stuff past that. We'll tag it. Uh, we'll title it. It gets uploaded to our platform. It can get automatically posted and shared to Discord, and it's like one click to share it anywhere else. So a lot of skill moments, clutches, uh, you know, crazy shots, uh, you know, kind of uh, you know things that are just rare or you know kind of hard to pull off. Uh, then you've got like funny moments, you know, so someone you know kills a teammate by accident or someone you know just screws something up and and people are laughing and those kinds of funny, you know memorable moments as well. Um, those are great and, you know, are, are really entertaining, kind of fun to watch. So like, if you're the streamer, you have to kind
0: of tell the, the program, one, okay, you have to do this one and this one. So it doesn't kind of just real time say, oh, okay, you just did this cool play. Cause there's only one of you and four left. I'm just going to clip
1: it. Yeah. So we've actually kind of done that intentionally. You know, if we wanted to make it just automatically create content, we totally could, What we found is that, you know, for the most part, people actually kind of want a little bit of control. And you also end up with a situation where, you know, if you created a ton of content from a a match or maybe you play for four hours and, you know, you're just you're on fire and you're just having, you know, moment after moment. Now you have to actually go and do work. Now you have to go and curate your own content to pick the moments that matter. uh, And that in and of itself can actually create a lot of friction. So Um, we like to give you know the minimum degree of control and and also to kind of you know align back to other short form content experiences right like you know, no one wants to just have Instagram running 24-7, creating, you know, stories for you. It's more like, you know, you're kind of turning something into a social moment. Um, and so that's kind of part of the strategy that we take. Okay, that it's like you as a streamer
0: is like, oh, this was a great play. Like maybe you as a viewer, you might not know, but to you, it's a personal
1: moment that you want to kind of clip. Exactly, yeah. You know, we, we try to lean into the, you know, the branding there and like, you know, all-star that. That's an all-star moment. Put that on all-star. So, um, you know. Kind of turn it into like a fun thing. So, what kind of makes you guys you know different than
0: other people that are you know working in this? And what is accessible creativity and reachable audience? What does
1: that mean? How do <laughs> you guys? Very, achieve very high minded, right? It's uh, yeah. So, I mean, I guess to to be very you know direct or straightforward about what we mean by that. So, you know, creativity is um is is something that you know it comes to some people, doesn't come to others. It can be hard to to master. And, uh, you know, it can take a lot of time to really be creative. So what um, one of the things that we kind of set out to do is really productize, you know, creative and technical editing decisions and, and make that fun and easy for a gamer to collect and choose from. So without going into too much detail, the idea is giving someone ways to enhance and edit their content, make it even, you know, better looking than when they were playing the game and more fun to watch than, you know, the original kind of moment might have been without any sort of enhancement or personalization, um, but but without creating extra work or extra friction or burden on the end users. So that's, you know, one of our um, kind of core product pillars is, is to unburden the user. And, and you know, no matter what it is, um, you know, we don't want to ever add steps or create sort of a burden that wasn't necessarily there doesn't need to be there the other side of that the reachable audience so you know most creators uh you know when polled and asked what is the number one thing that you know you want uh it's access to audience it's really really difficult to gain any sort of audience for your content unless you're an influencer you've already got a following so kind of hard for new people to break out Uh, You know, most gaming content is created by a a kind of elite few somewhere in the neighborhood of six to 10 million content creators, we estimate, drive uh, the majority of gaming video content. But they're watched by it's a lot of people, though, but they're watched by over a billion gamers. So there's a lot of people out there that are watching this content. And so if you look like outside of gaming, right, you've got like Instagram. Uh, Instagram, you have uh, you have a billion users creating a half a billion stories every single day. So the amount, the rate at which gamers participate in content creation is much much lower. It's less than three percent on platforms like Twitch. 150 million users, four million streamers, and that's because a lot of people try it, but they burn out. They can't find audience. It's hard to break out. It's hard to get discovered. Uh, but then you see something like TikTok comes around, and what they did is they really combined um, you know powerful creator tools with, you know, a really reachable and accessible audience. Like anyone can go viral on TikTok. You don't necessarily need to already be a popular influencer. Um, so we're, we're sort of kind of bringing that into gaming and doing that in a way um, that really aligns to what is unique about gaming because there's very different types of content you're sharing in gaming. You know, you're not taking pictures of food. You know, you're not singing and dancing. It's it's about the gameplay and it's about the game. So, so that's why we take a very kind of game-by-game game approach to... Really lower the barrier of entry to be a content creator and to make it more rewarding and gratifying to create and share content because now we're actually putting it in front of people and um, you know you can feel good that you're actually getting seen for what you're doing absolutely i mean i think i can definitely
0: think of a bunch of people that i know that would be really benefited by this but you know in terms of you know coming from this professional pro gaming scene and coming over To working on the business side, do you think that it kind of gave you a unique perspective being kind of a pro gamer, someone who was actually involved in this, that maybe you wouldn't have had if you weren't, you know, involved in that capacity?
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, to me, it's, it's like second nature to understand the drive to go pro, you know, like playing Game like the same game over and over, like four to six hours a day, even more than that sometimes. Because you really, you know, there there's something there. You've got talent. You're you're getting better and better, and you want to, you know, go somewhere with that. You want to turn that that passion into a career. So like, I get that. I went through that, and you know, I, I I understand, um, you know, the the journey involved and the struggles and 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 really how to kind of you know kind of be successful or somewhat uh, kind of break through. Um, and I also understand you know what's important to gamers. You know, I, I mean, as a gamer myself, i've I've tried to create uh, content and share my best moments. And I was just frustrated by the existing solutions out there. You know, they they almost universally have a negative impact on your frame rate. They will increase your latency, um, you will consume disk space, you will consume bandwidth. Uh, and you know, as a gamer, priority number one is your gaming performance. Like if you are you know competing, and anything is interfering with that in a negative way, that's the second priority. So that's why you don't see a lot of gamers creating and sharing content is because they just, you know, this this their needs aren't being met. You really need something that has no impact. And, you know, I also think just to be a successful company in gaming, you have to get the culture. And I think the only way to get gaming culture is, you know, you have to be a gamer. You have to come from that place. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I think that, you know, there's definitely people in it who are
0: just traditional, like their business, their entertainment, their sports, where maybe they're not part of the gaming culture, but they're still successful. But again, I think even with your whole idea is kind of coming from the struggle, figuring out how to get yourself noticed, noticing that, hey, I was working this other job and these other skills, and I was able to bring them. Not everyone is going to know or understand that, and most people don't. So I definitely see how you being able to kind of act as a bridge to help everybody else.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, uh, for, for me, I, I feel like All Star is a bit of a culmination of, you know, things I've learned in my career and, and my own kind of backstory. And, um, you know, I remember even just going through the exercise of like, you know, if I could combine all of my skills, experience, expertise and network of people I know, like what's in the center of that and you know, that was, that was where sort of, you know, gaming, esports, the content creator economy, and uh, really, you know, technology to solve problems and, uh, and, you know, how marketing and technology kind of come together. Awesome. I mean, I think that that's a kind of a good example
0: for everyone out there when you're trying to figure out what you're doing. It's like the best place is to look inward and in who you're around and who you're working with and what you know. And, you know, I think it kind of leads to, you know, the next question of, so, I know I mentioned earlier that, you know, Mark Cuban is someone that's involved in your
1: company. So, kind of how did that happen? How is he involved? Yeah. Uh, so, kind of a funny story. Um, so, the, the way that it, it came together was, um, so when we first started All Star, uh, you know, I never started a company before. I'm a first-time founder. You know, I have a lot of business experience, but when you, like, you know, start a, a Corporation and try to get your you know first funding. There's a lot of things that you don't really know how to do, and you know you need you need a lawyer. That's kind of the first step. So um, you know I don't I don't think we had met at the time, and we actually found our attorney uh, Neil um, just through the course of our project. And, um, you know, Neil, uh, you know, he worked in New York, he did a lot of startup stuff. And he has, uh, you know, his amazing wife, Michelle, um, she actually worked with Mark through through her own job. And so um, Neil, you know, started to kind of get to know what it was like to work with us. Um, You know, he actually, uh, you know, supported us in, in a lot of different ways. And eventually, Um, The opportunity was there to, you know, we were raising money, we had our our pitch materials all together. And, uh, you know, Michelle kind of found an opportunity to just ask his permission to share our information and story with him. And he was like, yeah, you know, what do you got sent it over uh, as you know, as this is happening, I'm taking my first vacation in in many years um, to, you know, get engaged. It's an engagement vacation. So I'm at the airport Uh, you know, we're getting, we're at JFK, we're like getting ready to board the flight to Italy. Uh, you know, me and my, you know, kind of current fiance at that time, girlfriend. Um, and, uh, yeah, Neil calls me. He's like, Hey, like Mark replied, he's got a bunch of questions. You know, I was like, all right, like let's hop on the phone, you know, like the gates closing. We're like, you know, writing the email out together. Uh, you know, we, we, fired it off. I, you know, we got on the plane before the door closed And, uh, you know, long story short, you know, she said yes. He said yes. Very memorable vacation. Not the most relaxing. um, But uh, yeah, he really helped us kick off our funding in a bang. And, you know, he was the instrumental part in helping get the company to where it is today.
0: Uh, Amazing. I mean, I think that's just kind of the story of sometimes you just got to be in it to win it and be around it. And who knows what happens.
1: Yep, we uh, a lot of a lot of lugging my heavy PC gaming laptop from, uh, you know, cute cafe to fun bar uh, on Florence, Italy, you know, wherever they had some Wi-Fi and do a little sightseeing, send an email. Um, But yeah, we were we were in due diligence by the end of the trip. And, um, you know, I I like working. My my fiance forgives me for for working for most of that vacation, but very memorable experience for sure. Well, thank you to her.
0: Obviously, it brought you on to the next step. Where I know <laughs> recently you had a you know nearly four million dollar capital investment. Tell us a little about that. You know who's involved. How did this happen? And what are you guys able to do now with this new investment?
1: Yeah, totally. Um, so you know it was uh it was an amazing uh, end to a, a very uh you know kind of a exciting fundraising journey. Um, you know we actually. Tried raising money earlier um, last year and then COVID happened and, you know, kind of markets were a mess. Um, so we went into, you know, what I would call kind of, a, you know, survival mode and we extended our runway um, as things were starting to look a little bit better in the markets, we had some amazing growth, some great traction, uh, and, and we felt ready to, you know, really kind of do it properly. So we relaunched our, our funding round around, uh, I want to say, you know, end of, uh, end of last year. So it was around Christmas time. And then, uh, we officially kicked off our, uh, our search for our lead, um, mid January around that time, we, um, got a chance to pitch the New York angels, Uh, The New York Angels is, uh, you know, a nonprofit, uh, you know, venture capital group formed of, you know, kind of all these angel investors uh, in the New York area. Um, Very high pressure pitch. You know, you you have 10 minutes to pitch to probably close to 100 investors on a Zoom meeting. Uh, You don't get a single second over 10 10 minutes. You get, you know, a two minute or five minute Q&A after, I think. Um, So that took a lot of late nights and practice of just you know, cramming a 20, 30 minute pitch down to 10 minutes, but still having it like make sense. And uh, we, we did the pitch. We very quickly moved into due diligence with them and they were great. Um, you know, so the members of New York Angels that, that led around were just fantastic. You know, Michael Costa, Andre Tolkla and Cindy Cook. Um is actually the former uh, CMO and Chief Strategy Officer of Endy Games. She launched World of Warcraft. We're very fortunate and excited to share that she is a member of the All-Star Board of Directors. So, um, amazing person to have kind of supporting us. And uh, the round was joined by other major angel groups like, you know, the, the Harvard Business School Angel Association, New York, Miami Angels, Sand Hill Angels, Gangels, um, and then a number of top VCs like Studio VC, J Ventures, Emerging VC. And uh, we even had some some folks invest whose uh, professional experience span companies like Twitch, Zynga, and, and Riot Games. So just an awesome, awesome group of investors. And now, you know, with the capital we raised, we can really execute our vision, you know we're investing heavily into product and engineering so we're hiring some fantastic engineers uh, we've increased our sort of user acquisition efforts and uh, we brought our you know amazing part-time team full-time and yeah it's like uh, starting like a brand new job. everyone's super busy we got a lot going on, but big things are happening and uh, you know at the end of the day we're just making really really cool products that gamers love and so now we get to do that you know better and faster.
0: Amazing. Well, congrats on that. It definitely sounds like everything's heading in the right direction. And, you know, I think that's kind of what, you know, people got to realize that like this stuff takes time. And, you know, this wasn't something that you woke up in a month later, everything was rocking and rolling. It's, this is a project that's been in the work for a long time. And it took you kind of going through your whole career and gaining these experiences to kind of have that epiphany that you mentioned where it's like, oh, wow, like, this is how I can really love what I'm doing. Because I think that's something that I could tell from, you know, when we me, men from this conversation, it's like, this is awesome. This is going to really revolutionize things. And all these other really important people believe it too.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, th- thank you. I, I think it's, you know, grit and tenacity are, are you know, the two qualities, I would say, if you know, you're kind of an aspiring entrepreneur, you just got to, you know, forge ahead uh in in the face of just constant rejection. I mean like we pitched lots and lots of people. We, you know, had to do a lot of uh, you know, sort of uh, you know, learning and growing and uh it's it's really difficult to, you know, kind of pursue these sorts of dreams and to, you know, bring a business to life and to get to the kind of level of growth that we're at. And um but I think, you know, if you know how to, you know, sort of focus and and set goals and kind of hold yourself accountable and listen, you know, uh, I one piece of advice one of my advisors gave me that just really, you know, had a big impact was, um, you know, when the going gets tough, the, you know, the only person that can really stop you is is yourself. So I think it's important, uh, you know, just kind of hold on to that and, you know, set yourself to a, a goal and make it happen. So, yeah. So, I mean, kind of building on that, what kind of advice do you have for anyone that's trying to work in the esports business and the gaming sector? I think um, esports is is obviously a very exciting space, and a lot of people wanna wanna work in it. I think the the number one thing that I would say is you know know your niche, like figure out what it is that you know you are especially qualified to uh, you know be the expert on or, or build the product for. Um, you know, it's it's there's just there's a lot of different businesses in esports. Lots of people trying to get in. Um, you know, I think for, for us, what worked really well was also take your experience from outside of esports, and, and, you know, and, and bring that in. And I think, you know, for, for everyone in gaming and esports, that just helps everyone, right? Like rising tide lifts all ships. So I think the more that people can kind of think, okay, well, you know, maybe I was, a you know, amazing accountant and that was my specialty, right? You know, there's definitely going to be a need for you know accountants that are specialized in certain aspects of the esports and gaming business, right? So figure that out. Maybe you're a musician, and, you know. So maybe you're getting into the side of you know esports financials with music. That's a huge sub industry, right? Everyone needs to have you know. There's huge complex accounting needs within music as a type of entertainment and esports, like any other form of entertainment. You know, you need to have music as part of production part of content as part of you know streamers and things like that so i think combining that you know know your niche find that opportunity that you're uniquely qualified for but you know take that experience from outside of esports and you know put it to work
0: amazing i think that's really good advice and it definitely sounds like you know someone like me brought that involved and that that's really how as you said the whole industry is going to grow as you know people continue to want to help each other and bring new ideas and experiences that's how it all works so what's your favorite part about working in you know the esports and gaming space
1: favorite part of working esports you know it's i guess it's hard to pick one um you know it's it's awesome to get up every day and you know at the end of the day like my job is to make it so that gamers can just create like awesome clips of, you know, my favorite game. (laughs) Like, I think it's just, it's really cool to be able to say like, you know, Hey, like how, how is our product turning out? Like, well I'm just watching people playing Counter-Strike. Like, I love that. Um, I think the, the fact that it's, it's, it's in an area that I'm so interested in, it just makes things that, you know, are, you know, part of work, you know, I mean, I, I spent a lot of time in spreadsheets, uh, you know, I spend a lot of time writing emails, you know, I'm just, I'm spending a lot of time on Slack, right. So, you know, my day to day is, you know, a, a lot like other jobs I've had, but the underlying subject matter and and knowing like the, the end user, the customer we're affecting, um, you know, it's just, it's really fun. And I think you get that energy from all the people you interact with. There's a lot of passion in this industry and, you know, it's, it's, very rare. You talk to someone that's like not excited to be talking about what it is you're talking about. You know what I mean? This is a hobby and a passion for a lot of people.
0: Absolutely. I mean, I think that's kind of the biggest thing and, you know, how my whole career from the entertainment and sports and, you know, the gaming space, it's like, it's fun talking about Warner and Sony and, you know, Fortnite and hundred thieves and Face clan and Microsoft and PlayStation. Like this is fun to be talking about. And that's kind of what I think is the most unique thing is that people are able to make a business from, you know, video games and stuff that we used to just play in our basement with our friends. And it was like, We just used to play Madden and FIFA and 2K and NFL Blitz and Hits and every other game. And that was what we did. And now it's pretty much the way, you know, people I work with, they're making six, seven figures a year doing it. It's pretty insane.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, when you take something that you choose to do with your free time and, and now, you know, you, you start to get paid to do that, you know, during your professional time, um, you know, that's that's what it's all about. Absolutely. So, you know, kind of bring it all home. You know, what's the future of All-Star? When do we see some of these new titles being integrated? Yeah, totally. So, you know, our, our plans are over the next, uh, you know, two quarters to launch, uh, you know, the next kind of two game integrations. Um, there's a lot of factors that, that go into that. Um, so, you know, I can't make any promises, but uh, I do hope to have some exciting news to share on that front soon. I think the the overarching future for All-Star is, you know, seeing us, uh, you know, integrated with more games and, and, you know, ultimately our vision is to become the name brand, uh, in snackable gaming content. So, you know, we want to be part of, you know, the next triple A esports title, you know, before it even launches and, and kind of be woven into that fabric of, uh, gaming and competition and, you know, kind of content creation. And, uh, you know, our, our mission is, is really about enabling the everyday gamer to become a content creator. So, uh, you know, that's, uh, that's where we're headed. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I, I like to try to end a lot of my episodes with, you know, my three questions. So, you know, what's your favorite game to watch? Favorite game to watch? I mean, I guess it's definitely still Counter-Strike. I I've, I found that I enjoy watching, like, a lot of GTA clips. Like, I play, you know, if I'm kind of turning my brain off, I'll definitely play some, like, GTA Five or something. But I feel like watching... Counter-Strike is still, you know, it just puts me into a headspace where like, especially if, you know, you're watching, it's like a big tournament, someone's in, you know, really intense situation, like you kind of feel that, you know, you feel that pressure for them. And I I find that really exciting. Amazing. So what's your favorite game to play? My favorite game to play, I think lately, um, we've actually been getting a lot into uh, Dota 2. I've had a lot of fun with that game. Um, I'm, I'm pretty eclectic. I mean, I don't, uh, I don't play as much as I used to. Um, actually I've really enjoyed, uh, a little bit of, you know, Starcraft kind of going, going, going way back. I have not, uh, <laughs> right. It's fun to like, put up Starcraft two every once in a while and just play. Yeah. yeah. There's something about, I, I've gone, I've gone down like these YouTube holes now with these like Starcraft two you know, match highlight videos that are just um i don't know i just like i turn them on and you know i just get like sucked in immediately amazing so who's your favorite video game character my favorite video game character oh that's a tough one hmm i guess maybe Nico bellick i was uh i think that that was like a life-changing video game experience for me at gta 4 and i mean just what a what a cool character and you know i feel like uh His just, you know, romanticized kind of, uh, you know, journey through New York, you know, really, uh, I think I I started playing that game before I I moved to New York. And I was like, all right, that that looks like a really cool kind of exciting place to live. But, yeah. Right, I'm just going to steal some cars on the street. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Not yet, not yet.
0: Amazing. Well, you know, thank you so much for joining us. This was extremely insightful. So tell me where they can
1: find you and how they can get access to All-Star. Yeah, no, thanks. This, uh, this was definitely awesome. I, I really appreciate you kind of inviting me on here, Justin. I, I had a great time chatting with you. Um, so allstar.gg, uh, that is our website. Sign up, watch some clips, get the app, make some content, tell your friends. Uh, you can also find us on our various social medias as at play share star. And uh, you can find me on Twitter as at Nick Cuomo, N-I-C-K-C-U-O-M-O amazing so you know thanks everybody again for tuning in and make sure to follow
0: me on twitter justin J E S Q, and check apple podcast for all our past episodes